0: All right, this is The Yay, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! We have a fantastic guest, a guest that uh, both of us admire, Jed Passario. Hi.
1: Hey, Jed, how's it going, man? It's going really, well, it can be better. I have an upper back problem right now.
0: And thank you so much for coming out here. I said to myself, uh, if I knew I had a back problem, I would have said, hey, listen, I can't do it. Let's do it another time. But, uh, you know, you brave the elements and uh, um, came out here.
1: But like I said, I wasn't even going to brush my teeth. I was like, no one's going to see me
2: <laughs> or smell me.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the wonder of uh, radio oh, and we podcasting. Didn't tell you about
2: the live video feed? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the fake feed. You know, they have, <laughs> literally, they have folks who tape their, um, their laptops or desktop cameras because uh-huh. they don't trust. You know right. the folks who are and anti- you know government conspiracy theor- c- right. conspiracy theorists who yeah
2: yeah. yeah. I, s- I saw the light pop on my laptop last week and I was like, Whoa, what? I Uh-oh. Immediately went through and started checking what's <laughs> open. What is this?
0: Yeah. So Jed, we know you from uh, Bendelstiff Studios, but you've also been working with a lot of other companies. You you are one of those actors who are always on the move. You're always being cast.
1: Yeah. Um. Trying. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you have tremendous energy. So what what are you doing these days?
1: right now I'm on a two week break actually one week uh, I start my teaching gig tomorrow uh, Monday mm-hmm. uh, over in Palo Alto but mm-hmm. I recently just closed uh, the world premiere of Jessica Hagedorn's gangster of love at the magic
0: fantastic Yay. the magic theater yeah. cool Norman as I begin how is your weekend also we have to do a happy pre mother's day
2: I, I'm hoping we would touch on that too exactly you know, um, in, in the l- Free time that I've had this week, some free time that I've had this week, I've been posting little pics. I love that Facebook gives us these memories, because yeah. Mother's Day in America is always a different... D- it's always Sunday, but it's a different date. Yeah. So all week, photos have been popping up of my family, friends, all these Mother's Day things. <coughs> I've just been like, yay, yay, yay.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and it reminds me of a year ago where we talked extensively about Mother's Day. This is when mm-hmm. we didn't have any guests. And right. so we talked about you know wonderful uh, things, and I sent my mom some flowers she retired uh recently so she and actually she i thought that she would just relax but now she's gotten into the teaching thing i think teaching is one of those Mm -hmm. i've noticed a lot of folks are taking teaching as a secondary job Mm -hmm. i would call it a side gig or a side hustle but you know some really take it seriously and uh yeah they want
2: to do something and they've got knowledge and experience Yeah. yeah
0: yeah exactly
2: yeah i feel with mother's day i feel like it's um my mom is down in San Diego, mm-hmm. and I have a stepmom down in LA, and I'm not going down there. I'm I'm just not. And mm-hmm. so you know, well, you just came back from from, um, from I got back from yeah. from overseas, But yeah, um, and I'm working, which is the other thing that's been happening this week. But no, I, I get my mother-in-law, so I'm like, oh my god, my mother-in-law gets all this extra energy because that's what I get to celebrate. Mm-hmm. That's who I get to celebrate Mom's Day with. But yeah, um, scapegoat is getting ready. We're going to tech. Uh, we go, we start doing some tech. I think next week, mm-hmm. and then we're up. And my poor actors are like halfway off book. And I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm a director. Is like I'm not really concerned about you getting off book. I just want to make sure things mm-hmm. are in place. You. This are is the the, this, the right? <clears throat> this is playground, right? This is playground's New Works Festival, right? And scapegoat is, and it's so funny because we've had the playwright in the room, which means we keep. Just making these little adjustments that mm-hmm. make it tighter and tighter, and then to talk about current events a little bit, mm-hmm. um, there are just things in the play that are reflective of current events. Oh, cool! That weren't yeah when when he wrote the play. So, for instance, I'll give one away because when it happened, I was like, okay, well, that's just one thing we're we're not going to worry about it. Mm-hmm. He opened it with a scene at a Starbucks. And a black woman was standing in line, and a white woman walked in and got in front of her. And when she tried to get her attention, she had to actually tap her because she paid her no mind. And um, suddenly the white woman says, you touched me. Ah! Mm. And security comes and slams the black woman to the ground. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, When he wrote wrote this scene, because the next scene says, oh, come on, that was a microaggression. That's no big deal. And suddenly, bam, we have it as national news, and it's just insane. like, okay. Um, So what was supposed to be a funny little scene about a almost minor thing, Mm -hmm. now will have this resonance. Well, the latest one is um, the big video that's been going around. If you haven't seen it, Childish Gambino.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Matter of fact, my my sister Nikki went online because she listens to the A, and she's like, I hope you guys talk about this.
2: Oh, my – We have to talk about it. Yeah, a.k.a. Glover. I forget his
0: first name. Uh, Donald? Donald
2: Glover. Donald Glover. Right, exactly. No relation to Danny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about this. Jed, uh, but I wanted to ask Jed. I mean, Mm -hmm. Jed, uh, of course, for those who uh, can't see our live feed, psych. (laughs) um, Jed, you're Filipino. Um, Yes. Do you go through – I mean, we've talked about Black Lives Matter all the time on here and what black people have to go through black men. But as a Filipino, do you deal with – um, racism or, um, or or just prejudice?
1: <laughs> no, not as much as I see my black fans going through it. I remember yeah. maybe back in two thousand nine, I rode. Uh, we were we took a r- small road trip. We mm-hmm. were going up north. Me, my. my Mexican friend and our black friend who was driving a nice car mm-hmm. and we got pulled oh. over. The minute you say nice car. For no reason. Is, right. We got pulled over for no reason and I was so irate. Right. I was like what the fuck and my black friend was just like oh no don't worry about it. I'm all like are you kidding me? Mm. So this is So yeah. this is what you go through. You just right. get stopped because you're black and you're driving you're a nice car. You're taking the road
2: trip and you assume that that's what's going to happen. Right. You know,
0: cuz yeah. how can a black person own that good of a good of a car? He right? was
1: he was just so chill about it and meanwhile, yeah, I I, I don't experience things to that extent. I've heard I've experienced microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, but never never to that never to that level. Yeah,
0: isn't it amazing? I mean, we'll talk about this, but we've talked <clears throat> off mic about how it's sort of a I don't want to call it a white privilege, but it's a privilege to call the police. You know, right, it is. I was talking to a uh, a co-worker of mine, also black, and she's like, when's the last time you called the police on somebody because you were annoyed? And I'm like, never. (laughs) You know, I grew up, my dad would say, listen, you're a black boy, you're going to be annoyed through life, deal with it. I
2: think I've done it (laughs) once or twice, and when I was in the act of doing it, I was going, this feels weird. Something in me is going, whoa, what what are you doing? Right, right. Did you guys see that video of the white woman in Lake Merritt? I didn't see. The we video. talked about
0: it.
1: I refused
2: because, to watch the video, yeah, but I read about because it because
0: there were there were uh, it was a black family in Lake Merritt. Uh, for those who are not who are listening outside of the Bay Area of California, it's only a couple of blocks away right. from where we are right now. Right, and a black family is cooking. They're barbecuing. Right, and a white woman was like, "Oh my God, this is so horrible!" and calls the police. Right, and a you can't no-
2: do that here. She totally attacks them. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, other people walk over to try and intercede. She just escalates. Right. And then she calls the police.
0: Yeah. And one woman who tried to intercede took a video. I think it was two-hour video right. following her. That's mm-hmm. what you're talking about, Jay. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: yeah. It was – I was like, I I didn't know you can call the cops because someone is barbecuing in a lake. Right. Like, that to me is ridiculous. Like you said, right. like, like, you, like Norman said about, I would never call the police for that because I feel like they'll laugh at my face. Right. They'll, they're just going to say – deal with it or ask right. them to leave yeah yeah exactly and
0: of course she uses her phone she multitasks because she's asked what penal code did they violate she's like uh well okay let me see so <laughs> she's offended right. but she doesn't even know what the penal code is and right. then she pulls it up into some like teeny weeny infraction
2: but it, it it you are allowed to barbecue at the lake yeah so when there the cops are, i think finally they're designated up, areas they said. to
0: do it yeah Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And, of course, she cries in the end of this video because she's like, oh, my God, people are (laughs) criticizing me and pointing their cameras at me, and I'm the victim of always me. How about you trying to disturb the peace of this black family who's Mm -hmm. not doing anything? They're just barbecuing. What's that Michael
2: Douglas movie? There's a Michael Douglas movie. Falling Down. Falling Down. I love Love it when he says at the end of it, he's like. I'm the bad guy? Yeah. Like, he's totally <laughs> amazed at this.
0: Right. Right, exactly. And we were talking about how um, there, there's another video. There's a woman who was uh, thrown down by the cops, and uh, she's a black woman. And um. I think her top popped off or whatever. Oh, right, Yeah. yeah. They
2: yanked on it. I watched that video. They yeah. yanked on it. It was like, what the hell?
0: Right. Right, exactly. So a lot of crazy things. And, of course, uh, there are tons of um, events that happened uh, this week. Well, well, I
2: didn't video, ask you. How, go ahead. Go ahead. That video, though. That video. Um, Are you talking about This is America? Childless, this is America. Childish Gambino, so yeah. that's yeah. actually a line in the play at one point. And I was like, before, mm-hmm. that was just sort of somebody you know, kind of pontificating, and that's what it was. <laughs> now it's like, oh, my God, there's going to be a chunk of the audience that is going to hear that and get lit. <coughs> oh. <laughs> and I'm like. Well, yay that we're lighting people up. But no, this wasn't an intentional thing at all. It's mm-hmm. just where we're at. Well, I what, yeah. heard the video. I heard about the video. Yeah. And people kept asking me, have you heard of Childish Campaign or Have you? I'm like, just the name. I'm like, <laughs> no. All <laughs> right. And then I hear it's a rap. I'm like, no. not So not me. Not me, not mine. Yeah. Um, but it kept making news. So finally, I was like, well, f- what the fuck is this? Let me watch. Yeah. And holy shit, what is it? Within five seconds or something, you're just like shocked. Mm-hmm. and then you stay shocked. You mm-hmm. keep getting sucked into new images, and yeah. him, mm-hmm. he is, he's infectious, he's amazing. So then I read about it some more, mm-hmm. and then uh, and there's one of the little best There's a Atlantic analysis. article,
0: I think there's an Atlantic article, another article that talks about it. Yeah, breaks there's, it down.
2: there's, well, I didn't want to read a breakdown. What I loved was, um, what's his name, Francis, oh, hmm. Francis, eh, he's a Scotsman, um, and he does a little video thing Um and he's always talking about racism. He's always going off about it. And in this one, he's like, this blew my mind. I mean, he said, did you see the first time you watched it? Did <coughs> you see this? And he shows the clip mm-hmm. where in the middle of all this chaos, because mm-hmm. the thing keeps just becoming more and more chaotic. Mm-hmm. In the middle of all this chaos, in the background, mm-hmm. in the far background, a horse, white horse rides through with death on it. Hmm. I was like, no, I didn't, what? Wait a minute, huh? So I had to watch the video again (laughs) because mm -hmm. of that. But you can't begin to discuss the video without discussing all the things that he seems to be referencing. And apparently when he's asked about it, he just says, I want to make good music. I just like to make a good song. I'm Mm -hmm. just looking to do this. He's not going to enter into the what does this mean category of it, which forces everybody else to interpret, Mm -hmm. which has become this gorgeous conversation that needs to be happening, and I think that's his (coughs) point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It contrasts so much with um, Mm. Kanye West. There's been so much talk about Mm -hmm. artists who can't just, and that's how it is in the music industry, you can't just write a record and make money anymore. You have to do something bigger, Mm -hmm. whether it's a performance, like on stage, like Beyonce, these concerts, Mm -hmm. or you do something so outlandish that... <clears throat> the public is like, oh, i got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You can do it in a positive way, like Childish Gambino, or you right. can do it in a negative way, mm-hmm. like Kanye West. Right. So
1: Kanye West, I've heard a lot of people say how he's in the sunken place, which I think right. is a reference to... Get out. Get out. Yeah. Because yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that. I'm like, why does that sound familiar? I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, mm-hmm. the sunken place. Yeah. So...
2: Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's his own special <laughs> creature. <Yeah. laughs>
1: I, yeah, I saw... I only saw that video, The Child is Going to Be No Video, once, and I was like, okay, that's – it was too much for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. What is the definition of satirical? Because there was one article that talked about how it was satirical. I'm like, I don't think it's satirical. I think it's pretty – I think it's a documentary. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, when I took theater history, they said satire is like the highest form of theater because you have to have some knowledge to understand the the humor, the joke.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I – Oh, that's what it is. So it's supposed to be a joke. I didn't take take it as a joke. I was like, this is, (coughs) it's way too serious, and I don't know what to do about it. It was overwhelming.
2: Well, that's, and so when I first saw it, because you see this crazy nappy-haired man, big beard, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this funny body. Yeah.
0: um, There's all sorts of allegory.
2: weird Mm -hmm. movement. Yeah, there's all throughout. There's all this wonderful allegory. Yeah. Um, Part of what they say is he's, Watching, he's got us watching him watch us, mm-hmm. and he is—he is engaging the camera mm-hmm. constantly and happily. He keeps having these gleeful moments, yeah. and you're mm-hmm. like, "What yeah. the hell?" And yeah. then it ends with that scary run where he's just yeah. running. Mm-hmm. You're like, "Um, you know, what do you make of it?" Well, then you—then the conversation begins. Yeah.
0: right. Exactly. You know, I. um I have mixed thoughts of it. I mean, I appreciate the effort because we do have to have, to have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call it music, though. I mean, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I remember listening to Stravinsky for the first time, and I'm mm-hmm. like, is this music? You know, this is, sounds like noise, but right. it, it evokes an emotion. Right. And it, it draws into question, well, what is art? What is music? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the purpose? Right. Is it to make you dance? Is it to make you just mellow out and relax? Mm-hmm. Or does it draw you focus? I think... Um, we have a, a piece of art that Childish Gambino gives us that makes us uncomfortable because we should feel uncomfortable.
2: Well, then, so I wanted to know more about him because mm-hmm. they say he's a comedian. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be Lando Calrissian. Oh yeah, he's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be in the next Star Wars. Yeah, um, new Star Wars. Right, right isn't
0: it? Ha- a solo. Basically, yeah, they're redoing the story coming. of Han Solo. Yeah, right.
2: Um, <coughs> so I wanted to know who is this guy because I just thought I saw some crazy, almost Rasta-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Who is he? So I start reading about him, and I'm like, oh, my God. So then I pull up Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and I watch the first two episodes. And, again, it's not a story that engages me because part of what, as an artist, you're saying is what is your message and who is your audience that you're aiming your message at? Because Mm -hmm. you can do anything you want to do, but if you don't make it accessible for your audience, even if you're trying to make them uncomfortable, if you don't make it accessible, then – then it doesn't work, then you aren't succeeding. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, so wait a minute. He's an actor, so this is an act? And yeah, it is an act. So I see him in the show. It's hard to describe what the show is. And I read one description of it that said it's like he's telling (coughs) black people's story, Mm -hmm. and he's not interpreting it for us.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't it remind you of a 21st century version of Richard Wright's um, uh, Uncle Tom's Children? Something like that? Him? Um, or, or at least Atlanta. I mean, I haven't seen I, Atlanta. I say, but I,
2: Atlanta, I would say, is is some of that in the same way the video is. It's showing yeah. you all kinds of harsh stuff, but then it's giving you like this sort of pop. You know, anytime you've got group dancing sure. going on, you sure. sort of get almost Bollywood yeah. with it. Beyonce uh,
0: does the same thing, too. Yeah, Well, yeah. and
2: he's pulling on that. He's pulling yeah. on all that. But yeah. where with those folks, that is just pure entertainment. With this, it's like, wait a minute, I just saw a disturbing thing, and now you've got a group of people dancing at me. Right. I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what it, it's weird, it's like if you took Richard Wright and um, Everybody Hates Chris,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, or Kirkle, yeah, that's right.
2: and put them together because he is kind of a black <coughs> nerd, right? But he's very much a product of this black society and mm-hmm. our society, yeah, and he's navigating it. And one of them, there was a wonderful joke where white dude that he knows he's chatting with and the guy says oh let me tell you the story he tells him a story and the n-word pops up in it mm-hmm. and you can see him kind of flinch mm-hmm. when it happens white guy's oblivious mm-hmm. and he actually says it a few times and when he walks away there's a janitor black janitor and he says excuse me brother excuse me brother you know that guy yeah 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 has he ever said the n-word in front of you and he's like <laughs> he better not i put my foot up in his ass and that was the janitor saying it. yeah so later at the end of the episode He's hanging with his boys, mm-hmm. and the guy comes over to say hi to him, mm-hmm. and he says, oh, tell him that story you were telling me, and he tells the exact same story minus that word.
0: Oh, interesting. And
2: you see the guy sitting there just staring at him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, if you don't know what that's about, no, it is not impact for you. You are not going to get the explanation. Mm-hmm. If you do know what it's about, you just sit there and go, damn. So I'm sitting there chuckling and laughing as I'm watching this thing going, I wish I could see this in a public arena. So that- yeah. Because that's – I went to Get Out. I told people when I went to Get Out that I thought it was a comedy, mm-hmm. and I intended to laugh. And somebody said, well, it's a horror. You know, it's a horror movie. And I mm-hmm. said, I promise you I will be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And I was yeah. r- rolling. And then I went mm-hmm. – uh, and I posted all about it on Facebook. I yeah. said, anybody wants to see this, I will go with you to see it. We should this.
0: have talked about this on the – go ahead.
2: So I went White Friend. Yeah, got in touch with me and said, "If you are, if you ha- would be willing, I'd love to go with you." I'm like, "Yes, let's go." Yeah. So we go, and now we're in a theater with a mostly white audience. Uh-huh. Watching yeah, it. yeah, it's a very different experience. Laura <laughs> yeah. and I went to Bayfair uh-huh. and saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, that was a black audience. Yeah. Oh, they were talking at the screen. They were hooting and yeah, hollering yeah. as it went on. The other audience, oh, they were so sedate. And, yeah. Uh, and I was I was the only one making noise, and mm-hmm. I was trying to restrain myself. No, it's,
0: it's absolutely fascinating. I know exactly what you're talking about. Craig Dickerson and I, uh, we always talk about the church and how the church – we had a conversation earlier this week about the Baptist church. And the Baptist church – when I talk about the Baptist church, I'm talking about the black Baptist church. Right. Call and response. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when he talks about it, it's totally different. The Southern Baptist Convention, uh, they – so basically this week, um, a couple of uh, prominent individuals stepped away from the Southern Baptist because they've gone very alt-right. They've gone very pro-Trump. They're not questioning Trump at all on his things. He's anointed. Hadn't you heard? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's such a difference between how – how different people of different cultures interpret, let's say, a particular story. Right. And I'm also fascinated about how the millennial blacks are interpreting the same things that you and I interpret. Right. Oh, yeah. How, racism or whatever. I mean, like, it's, it's you know, like, let's say Gambino or anyone who is uh, adversely affected. Oh, my God, look at the horror of mm-hmm. the video. This is America. And I'm like, well, I saw that with um, with uh, Rodney King. Right. I saw this right. already. I saw right. this with Yusuf Hawkins. Right. I saw this on "Do the Right Thing." Right. I've been through it before, and of course, I'm of a different ge- generation. generation. And that's so, that's
2: the difference. Yeah, because that's I was reading a CNN CNN article on mm-hmm. this morning. Yeah, and it was talking about, and I love a new way to use the word privilege. Mm-hmm. If you have the privilege of going to a store without worrying about getting too close to items on shelves or um, getting out of sight Mm -hmm. of store employees, if you have the privilege of walking through a store without ever concerning yourself on those Mm -hmm. things, then that is your privilege. Yeah. Because I don't. I can't.
0: (laughs) Right. You know, I'll tell a quick, quick funny story. So when I was young... I had the freedom. I I guess I hadn't been told, listen, you're a black and you need to watch out. Mm -hmm. I was in a store and I wanted to pretend that I was stealing something. (laughs) So I went Mm -hmm. to like the candy area and I was like, you know, pretending. Right. And it took a while. It actually took several minutes before a guard who was a black woman was like, look, Put that damn thing down. You know, she talked to me like she was my mother. Right. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I could never do that now. I mean, I could, and I could imagine any kid right now, especially at this day and age, because mm-hmm. they would be told immediately by their, parents, look, you cannot do that. You will get shot. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because, you know, uh, it's, it's, when you talk about privilege and freedom, just the freedom to drive in a big, in a, in a, in a good An car, like you car, you know, yeah. the story that you told us, Jed, yeah. um, you know, some people have the freedom to, we talk about the freedom of calling the cops. Right. I can never call the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and there's some folks who are just annoyed. Oh I'm annoyed. Let me call the police. Right. I'm annoyed at a restaurant. Right. Let me call the police. I'm annoyed, <laughs> you know, doing you know, and that's that's what happens. The people at the next table were too loud. I'm calling the police. <laughs> right. Or, you know, someone took too long for this, or my neighbors are blasting their... And you, mm-hmm. I think a year ago, you talked about your neighbors and how they play music or whatever. I think right. you were in a particular neighborhood. I think they were Latino.
2: I've got... Oh, it still goes on. Yeah. So around one corner, that's mm-hmm. going on, and around the other corner, yeah, there are actually not many folks there right now. They, mm-hmm. the, I think the house is about to be sold, mm-hmm. um, but... It used to be that there would be a group of folks hanging out. So yeah. depending on the day of the week, you might get it on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> right. But y- you don't call the police on them. No. Yeah, see? If I even wanted to call the police on them, I would first walk over there. Hmm. I don't know how much I would engage, but I would at least make my presence known.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the difference between a society or, you know, I guess liberals, the way we call ourselves – Who, if we're annoyed, or let's say someone from a different culture comes into our space or our existence or becomes our workmates or whatever, we are engaged by the difference. And we say, hey, you know, let me find out what makes you different or whatever. Right. And others are annoyed by it Mm -hmm. because, you know, they are – they feel they – That's not what I expected. Right, exactly. I paid good money to live here, you know. Mm -hmm. How dare someone (laughs) pay, blast their their music or what have you. I know, Jed, you're quiet. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so it's – we can jump into well, there's some other current events that are going on. what uh, else did you have? Giulianos, Giuliani on Monday. Rumors I heard were not true. So he of course backtracked everything that he said that last he said. week. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. He's
2: claiming <laughs> the things that he said are rumors.
0: Mm-hmm. On Tuesday Trump Sorry. Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani who's the Giuliani, Trump who's Trump's that, lawyer. Oh
2: yeah, Trump knew about that and he did pay the money for that. Stormy Daniels, the Stormy, Stormy Daniels. Daniels thing. He said all that, and then yeah, mm-hmm. less than a week later he comes back and says, Well, these rumors that people are talking about that I said this is like Yeah. Rumors? Everything
0: I said, control off delete. Just forget about it. Because he put himself in trouble. He put his client in trouble. Oh yeah. Because the whole money thing, people are wondering, well, listen, is this a loan? Right. If this happened, if you paid Stormy Daniels on October of 2016 while the election was going on yep. and Trump didn't reimburse you, that's a loan. Yeah. And that's a campaign violation. Yep, it is. So we'll see what uh, Mueller does with that. Mm-hmm. So that was on Monday. Trump pulls out of the Iran deal. Oh, my Lord. We've yes. made more enemies. Yes. And almost after that, Iran and Israel exchanged missile attacks. Right. You probably heard about that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Just in the last day or so, yeah.
0: And then we have uh, Kelly Sadler, who was a White House aide. Basically saying, oh, you know, John because, McC- yeah, oh, well, right, he's right. going to be dead anyway because John McCain is fighting the, the appointment yeah, of, yeah, um, oh,
2: right. Of, um, oh geez, what's her name? I, I can't Sarah remember her name. Sarah, um, the CIA.
0: Yeah. There's a woman who's trying to be the new CIA director mm-hmm. and McCain is like, listen, I'm not voting for her. Right. And Sadler, who's this white house, atheist, this, uh, blue eyed, blonde right. white woman is like, oh, well, he's going to
2: die anyway. Right doesn't and matter what he yeah. said because he's going to die.
0: And today, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the press secretary, doesn't berate, berate her, but berates the leaker. Right. Keep keep your mouth shut. Right. <laughs> keep whatever's inside. It was just horrible. What, Jed, what do you think about um, the Trump administration? I mean, were you shocked that he <laughs> – Oh, my God.
1: I mean, <laughs> do you have any,
0: any words other than I not How do
2: you deal with it? How do you stay sane?
1: I don't go on Facebook and read news anymore. Mm-hmm. I – i don't I can't even really I used to like listening to n p r yeah um but now I find myself actually when they're talking about this stuff right, I just switch over, which yeah. is probably not helpful for society for where I think we need to be mm-hmm. but because I i'm listen, actively yeah. I'm actively ignoring it because mm-hmm. it's just it's too much i just i just I don't know how to channel it, but then I just get angry right and yeah and it's just not for me it, it's it's not healthy mm-hmm. and right. I think now with the kind of work that I'm doing I, I want to engage more with the community and have civil mm-hmm. civil conversation mm-hmm. um, debates d- and, and dialogue between the people that are coming to watch the plays that I'm doing mm-hmm. um, because uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough I didn't I, I said this maybe I wrote it down a year and a half ago about what kind of work I want to do and because of what happened in the election when, when the orange thing got elected, I was like, okay, I need to really marry my social activism with my art. Mm -hmm. And then I get cast in three shows that has something to do with, with the stories of people of color or from a viewpoint. So like my next show at shotgun is called white. It's, I already know it's going to be controversial. I was so close to hitting you up, Norm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting names. Uh, oh, how can I forget the great Margot Hall uh, about sh- what you guys would think of the script? Because mm-hmm. I accepted the role, but there was something with that script that made me go, ooh. Yeah. But it being shotgun, and I've seen some of the stuff that they've done
2: before. Right. I'm all like, I know that this is going to be handled. The way it needs there, there respectfully. With, there should yeah. be some people, in, and 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 the conversation. They they do have the conversation. Yes, yes. And I'm actually Wh- what attending is, that. What is white about? White is about um,
1: this uh, white man who has an Asian boyfriend who's named Tanner. I'm Tanner. He's Gus. Uh, he's a fine artist. He gets rejected um, b- by an art exhibit or a, a, an art house because mm-hmm. what they wha- what they're trying to push for during this time or during the time of the play, <laughs> is a um, uh, uh, fine artist, uh, people of color, fine mm-hmm. artists, mm-hmm. And then he goes off about, like, the well, then b- where's the meritocracy and all that? You know, like, it should be this, it should be that. And my character tells him, like, look, you, the people that's in, in the exhibit right now haven't had the opportunities you've had because they're not white. Sure. So it's time for them to shine. Mm-hmm. And, and then he yeah. finds, and then he befriends one of my friends who's a black actress who... Who She talks white. She doesn't talk. She's not she's not the stereotypical I guess a
0: conservative black.
1: Yes. Yeah. And um, she f- she she he hires her. Gus hires her mm-hmm. to be to, to pretend that she's a fine artist of his right. work. Oh right. And then she finds her own black identity through this black identity that she created, which ah, she gets transformed. Unfortunately, through black stereotypes.
0: Uh Interesting.
1: And I know that's Uh, where the yeah. We've had a discussion. We've workshopped it, and one of the one of the interns, or I'm not intern. She's not an intern. She works. I forget what she does. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry, Lee. If you read, (laughs) if you're watching this, I forgot what you. um, Um, but anyway, yeah, she Lee didn't like it because of that fact, and that was the unspoken thing that I thought I couldn't speak on because right. I'm not black. Mm-hmm. So I thanked her after the workshop. I'm like, thank you for saying that because I, I didn't feel like I had the space mm-hmm. to do say you, that. Do
0: you think the premise of of, of of it, I guess the purpose, is to show, um, I don't know, white privilege or whatever, or let's say a white individual who wants to be an artist but who wants the same privilege or at least the same – it's almost like affirmative action but
1: reverse or – or That's what they call it, Yeah, yeah. I think that that is the point. See the more I've I've read it a couple of times now, I'm like I think that is the point mm-hmm. of it. Is mm-hmm. so then we see so then the audience laughs about it, like, Oh yeah, she found her identity. Wait a minute. Like
0: is that the black identity? I mean mm-hmm. because we exactly. get into yeah, what is right or wrong identity. I mean I've had people say, Oh, you don't sound black, you sound right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes there's a, th- a thought in my mind, well, maybe I should sound black. Open. I am mean, it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. What is right and what is wrong? Mm-hmm. What is so, you know, you, that that gets into that that um, I, I guess I'll call it the third rail of how we identify ourselves. Right.
2: And, well, it's, it's and how we allow other people to identify. Exactly. Yes. I really quickly got to the point. I've done it with age, but I do it with race, too, mm-hmm. where somebody says that and I'm like, see this face yeah hear the words coming out of my mouth this is how black people sound because right. you're looking at a black person this mm-hmm. is how i sound right because people say that with age all the time too you don't look your age i'm like you might want to get your eyes fixed because <laughs> this is how it right. looks <laughs> oh i don't
0: yeah i mean age age isn't so much of a third rail thing everyone wants to be told mm, oh you don't, look don't young don't or whatever talk to
2: a woman and say that. <laughs> ah. right
0: but race definitely i mean i've had those one girlfriend i talked to her mom on the phone she's like oh my, she's dating white people now right <laughs> before she even saw me mm-hmm. um and of course i could be offended it's like wait a minute are you saying black people sound stupid or whatever she's black by the way right uh, haitian right. american but
2: um, right but they have we have these images right and in terms of working on it in art what are you portraying and what is the purpose of what you're portraying and that's yeah. that's where that challenge comes in that's where the conversation starts yeah, yeah. 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 hopefully
1: i recently had to deal with that over at The Magic there was a white man that thought um, he said "I and I quote um, I didn't care much for the first half because why couldn't the family have immigrated from I don't know the Midwest Ohio or Nebraska or something because they didn't really f- bring their culture into it it being America mm-hmm. this is an older white man right. and then there's me Lisa, there's, there's Lisa mm-hmm. who plays Tito Feli and then there's Sean San Jose mm mm-hmm. And I'm thinking in my head, see, this is privilege right here. The fact that he thinks he has the space to say that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I and I went on this whole, like, long-winded answer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I g- saw you. Yeah, and <laughs> I, when I simply <laughs> could have asked him, what types of Filipino did you expect to consume or view tonight? Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Oh, saying that you don't act like a Filipino? Or what was, right. he, what was he saying? Yeah. I, I don't know what that meant.
1: I don't know what he thought. Oh, what do he know? Didn't oh see. I know what
2: it means. I, I, I have an
1: idea. I'm like, I want to ask him, like, w- did you expect us to like do a f- dress up like the way you see us in National Geographic or in mm-hmm. our in our typical barongs? Which, by the way, we only wear for weddings, right? right. Um, or what what types of Filipinos? This is this takes place in the seventies. Did you forget that we we at this time were very Americanized because right. of World War Two? Yeah. Did you f- like maybe it, maybe his comment was it? D- and I think Sean touched up on this. Um, I think his view I, I think he was confused because he saw his own culture through another right. Through th- another ethnicity. Because yeah. that, that this is what happens when you colonize and this is what happens right. when a culture is gentrified or yeah. when it's taken sure. over by another.
0: Yeah, and you sometimes it's assimilation. Yeah. Especially if you completely divorce yourself of your own personal culture.
2: I feel like that's where the conversation is fruitful right now, is reflecting something to somebody in a way that makes them question. Yeah. And then you get to deal with the questions. <laughs> yeah. I did have a
0: quick question because – so we – Norman and I, were about to get into Four Men in Paris. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a scene – because I'm very fascinated by Richard Wright's relationship with his wife, who is white. And I write a scene where – Earlier in the play, you know, they have a wonderful, idyllic relationship, but then they start arguing about other things, money and, and this and that and the other, and they start saying things. Basically, you know, there's a part where I say, well, how long have you been black? You know, you talk about struggle. You don't know anything about struggle. Right. Um, it looks like in the play White, um, you two are in a relationship. But is there something within the script that talks about, I guess, just how the relationship is mm-hmm. and how it deals with mm. cultural diversity?
1: You know, aside yes. from the whole. Yeah. Oh so the answer is yes. Hashtag <laughs> cultural tourism is yeah. mentioned. Uh, and ah, it, funny. And it's in one of. I think I say it. Yes, mm-hmm. I. No, he says it. Yes. And asks oh, – Gus tells ask Tanner, do you think I, I I'm i so, uh, I'm a cultural tourist? Mm-hmm. And I forget I forget I think I say I think I say no. At mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. I think because it's at that point of the argument like, okay, let's let's not get there. It's right. too deep. Right. Yeah. Let's just have sex because <laughs> <laughs> right. it happens right before mm-hmm. – it's a funny scene. Yeah. Um, and he just won't let it go, and finally I, I go off on him. Like Yo. <laughs> th- My character goes off on him, yeah. and, and that's –
0: Because it's a third rail thing. I mean there are all sorts of interracial relationships. I think there are far more interracial relationships – in this day and age because mm-hmm. of the internet and social media. And, you know, people are just getting to – you can talk to anybody now. Right. And I think when you get into these relationships, sometimes it can be very surface or you you can get to mm-hmm. fall in love with someone or yeah. an image of that someone without really knowing yeah. who they are.
1: Yeah, and that, what you just said, is also discussed in this play. Awesome. Yeah.
0: I want to I buy my ticket now. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Let's get into an origin story. Um, how did you – how did you first get involved in theater? Where, did you act when you were a young boy?
1: That's what you meant by origin story. <laughs> you said it earlier. I was like, what the fuck? That sounds scary. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just cursed. We can bleep yeah, that no, out. That's okay. Don't
0: worry we about do it. We'll oh. keep, <laughs> it real, <laughs> we keep it real here. It's all good. Um,
1: yeah, okay. So I was so confused. Like, origin story? Like, what is it? Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> um, how I got into theater. Um, were, were, you were, you here? Here? <laughs> were you born and raised here? Were you born and raised here?
2: On a planet far, far away. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was born in Manila, Philippines. Oh wow! Yeah, and um, I was—I immigrated here. It was my dad and my brother first, and then my dad petitioned for me when I was seven. Okay. Or I got here when I was seven. I don't yeah. know when he petitioned for me to get here, but I, I here when I was seven. Um, uh, I w- was really studious up until sophomore year. <laughs> I watched a really... I've never told this story to anyone. Mm. But I watched a real... It was a, It was 10 Things I Hate About You. And I really identified with a female character. Mm-hmm. She was kind of a rebel. And um, I took that identity <laughs> and I ran with it. And I was just like, you know what? I don't need to prove how smart I am. Because I know... I, I think at that age, I'm like, I don't want to go to... I don't want to go to an academic school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to culinary school or... Whatever, Mm -hmm. art wasn't even in my. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even in my language yet. I mean, I used to, I I used to paint a lot and Mm -hmm. do a lot of things with markers that my third grade teacher would take and she would display it and she Mm -hmm. was so proud of it. Mm -hmm. I remember her having a parent-teacher meeting with my dad as all like, your son is very creative. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, I, I didn't think I would go into art. And finally, graduated high school, went to Academy of Art, film. Right. I uh, graduated from Academy of Art in 2012. Only took me 10 years. <laughs> um, <coughs> um, and I went to Bindle Stiff's um, op- uh, uh, open call. Yeah. Open mm-hmm. call for Stories High 12. Mm-hmm. I went with a friend of mine because he was the one that told me I yeah. went for and moral then you'll support. You'll
0: see the poster right there behind Norman. Oh, nice. Yeah, the gray one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah there, that's one.
1: That's one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I went for moral support and I. I think – I didn't know what I was auditioning for Mm -hmm. uh, because it was just an open call. Yeah, Um, And then when I saw what they wanted me to – who they wanted me to play, I got super excited. I remember yelling in my room, and I was like, oh, I get to play – Jose Rizal yeah. he's a Filipino
0: that. that's right that, 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 was th- that was the best uh, one that was the very last uh, because their series it of
2: one gorgeous. acts it was gorgeous I've always wanted them to do something more with that that yeah. was, I, I that was such Igna a gorgeous Ignazio story Ignacio Zuleta who's also part well, of SF Playhouse oh now. that's right yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: was that really your first role that ever? was
1: my very first role ever anything that's that's amazing happened. You were fantastic. Um, in he that. was. Thank you. Yeah, but I remember I, I, that's when I met you. I yeah. was like, "Dude, I, yeah, I need your yeah. information." Yeah, yeah, that was my first one ever. I mean, I, I did take some acting classes because I that I caught the acting bug towards the end of my sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, at Academy of Art, and um, I started taking a lot of art electives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I we needed to take art, <laughs> which is kind of crazy because you're already at an art school. Right. We need to take an elective, and all the electives I took mm-hmm. chose. Was acting to the point where I actually just stopped taking my core classes that goes towards my credits, mm-hmm. and just sta- started taking acting classes. And finally, my advisor said, "You know, you can't. Um, this <laughs> you can't isn't. Graduate. You can't graduate <laughs> if you keep doing this." I'm like, "Why not? I'm, I'm still going to class." And she said, "No, but your 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 major is editing, not acting." I'm like, right. "Oh, so I think I got up to like acting too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's th- that's the training that 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 I've got and Mm -hmm. then I I, I did Jose Rizal Mm -hmm. but that was that was a fun that was a a wild experience only because I knew about Bindelstiff I read about them and I'm like okay I'm about to play a Filipino national hero for a Filipino community theater yeah I know I need to do Mm -hmm. my homework I need to do I need to do him justice yeah Mm -hmm. so then people don't come up to me like who who the fuck do you think you are (laughs) playing Jose
2: Rizal, right? Yeah,
1: and so I d- I did a lot of homework to the point where some people were teasing if me.
2: People don't know he's a major figure in yeah. in the movement for independence. Yeah, sp- uh, to the, the, yeah. Philippine, the Filipino uh, independence from Spain from mm-hmm. Spain. So yeah. this goes way back, mm-hmm. and you know, and people I don't think people know in general. I don't think in America people know who Jose Rizal is. Not just him, but the. Complexity of the culture in the Philippines. Thank you. Complexity, diverse. Oh, my God. No, you see, oh, yeah. you can see first university <laughs> yeah. in, mm-hmm. in America. Yeah, <laughs> You know, this, it's huge. Yeah. And you see these p- pictures of people on the street. It looks like a city in Europe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this is Manila. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what was going on. People don't know this. Yeah. So yeah. seeing this gorgeous thing mm-hmm. of this man just dressed fastidiously as he goes to politely, you know, advocate for his people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. I'm remembering it because you were, he, Rizal was, uh, he was imprisoned. Yeah. And he was interrogated. Yeah. And that's what the scene was all about. That's right. I remember yeah. that now.
2: Yeah. Well, it was like a dream, right? That he was on the ship. It was, he, yeah, he had
1: a, he was sick. <laughs> and the whole scene was actually a dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my first. So that's. That's the origin story. That was my very first. Yeah. Um, yeah and, I,
0: and I wanted to, because that was my first time working with Bindlestiff as well, mm-hmm. man. They had just opened up their stage. Yeah. and their new stage. New, their new stage. Their new stage, I should say. Yeah, of course. They have been around for years and years and years. As matter mm-hmm. of fact, you, Norman, you hooked me up with Alan. Alan Kismorio. Because uh, that's how I worked. Mm-hmm. I got my first acting job at Bindlestiff th- oh, from there. okay. And, um... But no, it's just wonderful energy. I mean, you know, they everyone was happy being in the new stage. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, E uh, he passed away, yeah. um, and you know they have a shrine there. E was a uh, an actor, a, uh, a producer, a creative uh, mm-hmm. at Bendelstiff, and um, so he passed away during the uh, the show. I think he oh, died in wow. sleep. Yeah, or it was very very sad. Yeah. But. The energy, everyone's working together. I mean, it's like theater. we talk about how mm-hmm. theater was in the 90s mm-hmm. in the Bay Area or whatever. And I got the sense Bendelstead had that energy. Yeah. I don't know if it still has the energy now because people have moved on.
2: People are going on,
0: working well, on different projects or whatever. These
2: things have to evolve. Mm-hmm. So they either have to find a way to grow to continue. Mm-hmm. Or they find some way to hunker down and just hang in and be what they are. Or most of them just go away. So anybody who mm-hmm. stays in it is kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I, w- I would say it's
1: it's still there. I'm still involved. I'm actually cool. doing the mm-hmm. – me and Melvin, my partner, yeah. mm-hmm. um, we're, uh. we're – for the second year, we're – we're doing the acting workshop for Stories High. Fantastic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and we're bringing in my best friend, Chisa Yamaguchi. She's amazing. She's Mm -hmm. a dancer from Mm -hmm. um, L.A. Mm -hmm. She's a talent agent now, um, manager, producer, Mm -hmm. yeah, and also T.D., technical Mm -hmm. director for the shows that she does, and um, she's coming in for movement, and there was such a warm reception. She was amazing. Some of the stuff that she taught, I'm like, how did you know to do this type of movement exercises for actors? Because I know – she openly admits she knows nothing about theater, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but she chose the right exercises, and I just thought well, her Fantastic! Run, yeah. For anyone who doesn't
0: know what Stories High is, basically, there's a workshop for writers, actors, directors, and people get to work on one-act plays mm-hmm. um, based on you know whatever you want to do. And I think the best three or best four are showcased in Stories High, and I think this will be the uh, – upcoming will be what the – 20?
1: No, Stories High – 17.
0: 17. 17 the 17 so it 20th. matches the year now. Right. Okay, R- okay yeah. cool. So um for anyone who uh, wants to get into acting, let's mm-hmm. say you don't know anything about acting or directing or whatever, mm-hmm. Bindlestiff is a wonderful place to, to come in.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. No Story's high 18, sorry. 18. 18, 18 so it yeah. matches Oh my the year. god. It matches the year. 2017. You <laughs> said that. You said that and I was like, yeah, <laughs> what was <your> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm curious cuz you were talking about uh three shows. So The Magic, The Shotgun, what was the other company that you Worked with where you were doing a show that you felt had some social activist resonance? Oh, um, oh, it was for um,
1: Santa Clara University's um, uh, educational tour of um, Oh My God, I'm Terrible. Ah. I'm forgetting the name of the play. It happens. It happens. Also, I have back problems, so it's okay. that's <laughs> my excuse. Is it a, clas- a classic play? Yeah, but what was the play? It's yeah. by um, Dr. Luis Jimenez, and it's called. It's called it, – it's supposed to be called um, Cajas de Cartons, but in America – like if you say ca- Cajas de Cartons, like um, uh, m- uh, Mexican migrants know exactly the book that you're talking about. But mm-hmm. in English, mm-hmm. it was called – not Mariposa, that was his third one um, – The Circuit. It was called The Circuit, and it was about the the Mexican migrant workers oh, okay. in Central California. Right. Um, and it was called The Circuit because then they would have to basically – um, go from one farm to another mm-hmm. which oh, then okay. became yeah, the circuit, like circuit. Yeah.
2: now were you playing Filipino I was not field worker you were no I was
1: playing I was part of the family I played the older brother Okay. the older short brother <laughs> it's,
2: it's something that we talk about a lot it's like Jed how many ethnicities <laughs> have you played uh, this year yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm actually really lucky compared to my friends in New York who mm-hmm. are Filipino and their 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 careers are much older than mine um, and they have yet to play a Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> or oh they definitely. played it once, where I'm like, really? I, I have gotten <laughs> amazing opportunities. Yeah, so. like yeah. yeah. I re- we really are lucky here in the Bay Area in terms of um, I- if you're a, 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 a person of color, an yeah. actor who's a person of color, you get to play. Mm-hmm. Um, your ethnicity you Jersey. get to play you get yeah. to play your ancestors yeah, history yeah
0: it is rather sad that when i watch tv or the movies or whatever i don't see any filipino uh, that you know that of that i know of or who's right. playing a philippine character right. that's what my i mean yeah, my
1: yeah oh, that's true yes yes yeah. that's very true uh, my uh, my tip through to people who get confused what a filipino is or don't know what a fil- filipino looks like or can not mm-hmm. identify mm-hmm. i'm like if they look Asian, but they have a Spanish last name. Yeah. They're 100% Filipino. Yep. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Yep, That's the easiest way to tell.
0: <laughs> I have another podcast, I'm an American too, where I talk of people who are not from America to get their aspect of American life. And one guest that I had, uh, Joanna Lorenzano, uh, and who's Philippine, who's married to a good friend of mine, Brent, Brent Blower. And she talked about her experiences being in America and... Mm-hmm going through the shell shock but also I mean if you're from the Philippines you sort of have um, it, it's not like being brought up in like a China mm-hmm. or, or you know you're not isolated you uh, did you have a lot of um, American experience I mean did you watch a lot of television and that sort absolutely. of stuff?
1: Absolutely I yeah. mean not, not absolutely I was brought up in a province in a barrio so mm-hmm. small mm-hmm. town in a province mm-hmm. um, but the Philippines has always felt like an extension of American culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's – it takes people by surprise. Um, people who don't know where the Philippines is or when they go sure. to the Philippines and they go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. everyone speaks English. Yeah. I everyone mean, I, speaks I've English. I've watched
0: Eat Bulaga. I've watched SMP. <laughs> and cause yes. I, had a, I had a Philippine girlfriend. Sure. Remember when we did Richard Wright? Oh, right. I had yeah, a yeah, melody. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Wow. They, they sing hip-hop, they sing, you know, yes, rap, yeah. and, they, you know, they've indulged. I mean, they, they still hold on to their own culture. The Journey singer yeah. is yeah. Filipino. Right. Yeah. That's right, the newest Journey singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Which isn't that new now. I mean, the guy's probably been, been around for a while. He's been around for a Sounds yeah, just like Steve Perry. Now, right? Yeah. Something yeah. like that is. Yeah. Yeah. About 10 years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. So did you go through a bit, did you go through any of a, sh- a shelter shock or culture shock when you came to America? Were there things that you were like, oh, wow, this is different? I hadn't realized. I it.
1: think... I think being that young, being seven, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I was culture shocked. I -hmm. think I was more probably just amazed Mm -hmm. and thought it was really cool how the freeways were so clean and how wide the lanes are. And that, oh, people – I remember thinking that like crossing the Bay Bridge, Mm -hmm. that was the first thought I had was – Wow, people are actually staying within the lines <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> in the Philippines. Yeah, I don't even know why they waste money on like lining or up. The lanes yeah, lining up the lanes. Like they crazy drivers, huh? They don't follow it. Yeah. they don't follow it. Every anyone you you have you been any of you guys no, been no. To the Philippines? No, it's 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 scary. It, I dare you if you ever have the chance to go to the Philippines. I dare you to ride in the front seat of a taxi cab oh. and not not. Not scream or yell <laughs> or <laughs> hold on <laughs> to your balls right. or the oh shit handles because yeah. it's it's scary. Wow. Like anything is just a suggestion. Oh, there's a red light, but no one's coming. I'm just gonna go for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. When you talk about studying theater at the, um, academy,
1: the uh, academy, Academy of, academy of, of Arts, yeah.
0: what type, of, what sort of techniques did you, uh, Who did you guys learn? I'm
2: curious. Andrew
1: yeah. Harto. Yay. I remember, and I, oh, I, I still want to see him on stage. He was such. I really liked him.
2: Yeah. I remember yeah, I really liked him. He was he's an intense ass teacher and I, I worked with him in a program where he kept having to take time off eventually he had to drop out of the program because mm-hmm. he kept working mm-hmm. as an actor and it was like, Yay But every time he was in the room it was just like BAM this electricity, this storm yeah, came into the room. And, and I
1: really I liked that about him. Um there was also Melissa Gray mm. um, Karen Karen Hurst, who I've seen at the shelton. Mm-hmm. Um those are the teachers that I remember. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, Academy of Art teachers if I have forgotten that you taught me uh, acting. The techniques though, um like y- did you guys learn about beats? Did you, was yes, it a Meisner so technique? Go ahead. Beats. So I learned I learned about beats and how to break down a script. <laughs> um uh I think we did I think we did Meisner for a little bit with Melissa Gray. Mm-hmm. Um and then we also did um, Alexander. At the time, um, I didn't know that's what that was what we was being taught because mm-hmm. it wasn't identified. Right. Yeah. But then, then we've I've done, I've went to a couple of workshops. I'm like, oh, this is Alexander. Mm-hmm. Awesome! I've done this before.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. You did a big workshop, right? Didn't you just go do a not just, but didn't you? Do oh a yeah. At the b- um, I went to the. F- the amazing
1: shakespearean company one month long intensive mm-hmm. in lennox it was beautiful it was really beautiful and the teachers are wizards mm-hmm. they are they are they are um they they they're all amazing like they mm-hmm. i remember do you so you cu- you go in there and you come in with a monologue and a sonnet and um day one of basics class um it lasts for a week mm-hmm. and you're just standing there and two or w- at least two at least one teacher is going to be adjusting where your head is where you're like feeling your, or touching you on, like on your stomach or mm. touching your pelvis and touching your knees and making sure that you're relaxed or constantly mm-hmm. like m- touching your cheeks to make sure that your jaws are relaxed while you're going through your monologue and and they're just so able to identify uh-huh. what it is that you're holding on to like i remember i made this choice with my hand the first time i did m- uh, the first run through of my monologue yeah. claudio from measure for measure i held my hands in like towards my heart and then one of the teachers asked me, what's, what's this? Why are you doing that with your hands? And I said, I don't know. It, it, feels, it feels safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he just asked me, I wonder what happens if you have your palms face us and you put it by your legs. Mm-hmm. And, and it just changed the monologue. It, it changed it. But I, I, I allowed it. I allowed the monologue to change and, yeah, th- and drop yeah. everything that I've created for it, all the microbeats, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I just dropped it, and okay. I allowed that simple movement of my hands facing the audience. Yeah, It was amazing.
0: Yeah, I've never heard, you know, uh, when I went to Circle and Square, they talked about how you can hold emotions right. within your muscles. You do. Oh, yeah. God, oh yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, we did we did a lot of – um uh. I don't know what the technique is now, but we there was <laughs> – we spent three hours, close to three hours on the ground just breathing and oh going, yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's Linklater. Yeah. Hello, yeah. it's Linklater. And we're just going, haha, Yeah, uh, I've done that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, I, love, yeah. I love Linklater. <coughs> and I was one of the handful of students who, who felt the need to throw up. And uh-huh. all I'm literally doing is laying on the ground – breathing, not controlling my breath, trying right. not to control my breath, right. and going, haha And suddenly this sudden urge to want to throw up. And mm-hmm. I asked the teacher, uh, David Demke, he's amazing. I wish, I wish he, I, I would take, mm-hmm. I would pay mm-hmm. just to hang out to with him, with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. to study with him. He's amazing. And he told me, to me it makes sense. He said, it's because we, we, are, tr- we are asking you, re- and we're asking you to, to ask your body to let go of all the little tensions that you didn't even know you held, mm-hmm. we're asking you to relax. Mm-hmm. And what your body is doing is it's it's giving you a warning mm-hmm. that if you continue to do this, if you keep asking me to relax, you're going to be unsafe. You're going to feel emotions. You're going. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just how our nervous system hasn't mm-hmm. worked and and that simple work. And I think yeah. I think it it I'm hoping that 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 work that training with them is showing up on stage now. I, and mm. not I hope, I know it does because yeah. there are certain moments when all I do is in the scene mm-hmm. or when I'm not in the scene, but I'm, I'm not, I don't have the dialogue. I just yeah. remind myself to allow gravity to hold me and how I stand. Mm-hmm. Yes, And then suddenly I'm not thinking about my lines anymore. But mm-hmm. the minute I hear my cue line, it's mm. like I'm on it. And those right. are the days yeah. where I'm all like, wow, I well, didn't even then, make well, a conscious that's choice.
0: that's That's fantastic. Yeah. I mm. also wanted to add, if you've had trauma in your life, especially right. early in your life, yeah. you're more likely to have tension because that's the thing that protects you. Yeah. Right? I, as I as had, had a girlfriend when
2: I was doing the training, and um, she would just sob uncontrollably. Well, in the first few classes, you know, the first time it happened, the teacher, like, stopped. Acknowledged what was going on or what might be going on for her, had her sit down, bend over, breathe. Um, after a while, after a few classes, because it kept happening, she would just have her just go sit mm-hmm. <laughs> while they continued class. Yeah. And eventually she was asked to leave because she just had so much stuff that was coming up that she mm-hmm. could never right. get past.
0: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately... Some people get into theater to work out their own issues, or sometimes yeah. you don't even know you have issues until yeah. you hit a moment. Oh, yeah. There's an emotional moment. Let's yeah. say the character has it, but you really have
1: it yourself. Yeah. You yeah. didn't know you
0: have it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah. boom.
1: That's what I've That's what i been telling people, and I think it, hopefully it doesn't turn people off from Shakespeare and Company, but it was 30, maybe even 20% Shakespeare or acting technique. Mm-hmm. And 70 or 80 percent is self actualization. Uh-huh. Um, I, I didn't go there for therapy, I didn't right. know I had that much anger stored in my little body. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time where even I was cough off guard at how big I sounded, yeah, and how roarish my voice can be, yeah. Without actual, I remember thinking that in class when I started yelling, um, because they had asked me to say something to a person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um. That was not in the room. I said, what would you say to this person if they were in the room? And I just went off. And I remember thinking, being scared, like, ah, fuck. I fucked up my voice. I know I did. Mm -hmm. But getting out of that class and the next day I was so careful. And I'm like, no, my voice doesn't hurt. Like, what the hell did my body do? Mm -hmm. Because I've learned some really bad techniques before I went where. After a week of rehearsal for Kano and Abe, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I remember opening week. Um, my voice was gone, right? I didn't have, my voice was gone. It was shot cause mm-hmm. I was yelling a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then now, um, <laughs> working at magic and I, I yell, there's a scene where I go off Yeah, and my voice, every time I do it, I get, I get nervous. And mm-hmm. then no, my, my voice is, I just remind myself to keep my throat open mm-hmm. and use my mouth resonators, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's still Mm -hmm. okay. It's actually the drinking after the show that fucks my voice up.
0: (laughs) No, no. I mean, I think that you're – because you're one of those actors, and I've seen you on stage, where you're very aware of yourself. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of actors. They latch onto a scene or whatever. They they latch onto, let's say, their their cliché, you know, whatever they do. right? And that becomes their character from the beginning of the show to the end. Mm -hmm. But I I think you always check in with yourself and with your body, and of course – Working with you know your partner and mm-hmm. and uh, just it's it's a sort of spontaneity that you have to have to sort of s- always be alive on stage.
1: Yeah, and I'm because of that training. Um, Shakespeare and Company should should pay me for talking <laughs> so much about them. <laughs> <laughs> <You should. laughs> I'm just kidding. I yeah. love you guys. No, um, no uh, because of that training, now I'm really really now just now starting to realize what it really means to live or be spontaneous or be responsive on stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love those moments where even I'm surprised that I said it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I get to dissect it after. So like, why did I say it that way? Mm -hmm. It's it, that's the fun part for me now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they don't happen all the time, but when they do, I, I, it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's one of those things that I think as an actor, I know for myself that that's something that I, that I strive for Mm -hmm. is that to breathe on stage and, to react truthfully without any form mm. of oh I heard that because I heard it that way now mm. I'm going to react this way you know when you make that sure. conscious right, choice right. of how
2: you're going to react Yes. Yeah. Um, I used to like those moments but now I'm like ugh right. stop thinking Le- right let go let go <laughs> yeah. I, um, I'm directing Scapegoat right now and and we're at the place where there's a I don't <laughs> I've gotten to the point as a director where I don't want to do long note sessions anymore <laughs> I just don't know that it's useful. So we had done, the day before, we had done a long, not long, 30, maybe 30 minutes of notes. And I was like, okay, you know, that that was kind of enough. Let's get back on our feet. We sat down the next rehearsal, and they were like, did you have other notes? We only got this far through the script. And I was like, yeah, I flipped through the rest. I might even feel like there was a, they're like, well, we would love any notes. I'm like, okay, let me give you more notes. So here are the notes. Mm -hmm. And I got to one note. And it really was that there's a wonderful sort of instinctual thing that's happening in this moment. And my note really is just that is the place, that is the direction that we want this to go. So I'm telling you, I'm just trying to reflect back to you that that is the shape that is really nice. And I'm not asking you to freeze it. And I'm not asking you to even aim for it. I'm just, re- I'm just trying to reflect to you that that is is a good place and i want to know if you felt it Mm. and if you felt it to keep that memory fresh for yourself because you're gonna because that would if you go there now we're in this really core place in the play Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not about where you are or how you say the line Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there was that same rehearsal there was a moment that was a flash that came out of nowhere at one point and i was like that was not what i expected at all but it wasn't wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, that's a good question That uh, as a as a director, Norman. Have you directed Jed? No. Yes.
2: No. <laughs> oh, no. I thought you were asking if I had oh. directed Jed. I directed oh. Jed. yeah, you yes. had. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I that's was assistant question. director. Yeah. No, yeah. but uh, were you asking him if he has directed? No, I was about
0: to ask you a p- particular question, but you can go into how how directing Jed. It but was a joy. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Go with the question. So I in any case
0: – When you when you direct an actor and let's say they they're at a place where you want them to be Mm -hmm. and you sort of want to tell them, I know you want to keep searching and I want you want to stay authentic, but I like where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Is there a danger in telling the person, "Okay, stop searching, you know, just stay where you are?
2: Well, that's why I wanted to because this actor, this particular actor loves to search, Mm -hmm. which is fine. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the best use of time. I am that director who does not want to do a run through. Uh, A run-through is when I feel like anything else would be a waste of time, Mm -hmm. when I feel like you, the actors, need to get a sense of if a a show is inflating a balloon, Mm -hmm. let's see where we are in that inflation right now. Are we too much? Are we not enough? Let's just run it so we see where it's at. That's what to me is useful about a run-through. The rest of the time, I want to spend the majority of my time tinkering. I want to spend the majority of my yeah. time giving you specific ideas. Because so
0: you, you don't want to see the same thing over again. It's like, okay, I, that that scene works. You know. we, we can
2: run through. Right. No. Once a scene is kind of where it needs to be, I'm going to leave it alone until we do run through right. I'm going to work on the other stuff. Right. Because you guys are finding where that's at, and I don't want to overwork it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it there. Working with Jed, I was the assistant director on Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And... Having gone through the development process, I was the mm-hmm. director in the development process. This is the play process. written by
0: uh, Jeannie Baroga, who's been on the show two times. Go
2: ahead. Yeah. Um, that's right. I didn't get to do Jeannie the first time. I didn't get to be here for right. her.
0: That's why I brought her back. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: But, um,. You know, and I, so suddenly I'm the assistant director and dramaturg because I had been working on the development of the play and I knew it <laughs> fairly well mm-hmm. and could communicate with Jeannie fairly well. Yeah. Um, so, but now there's a director and he came from out of town. So I was a little bit nervous about stepping on his toes, but I knew that there were some specific things we were looking for. And specifically with Jed's character, there was a reveal that happens in the play And I wanted to make sure that we worked on how we could set that up in places where we could make sure that that character was rooted in a certain way so that when that reveal happened. And we worked so hard on that. And some of that just, like, disappeared from the script. Mm. (laughs) But it was wonderful to have an actor willing to explore something Mm -hmm. and really just take it and go with it. And then now I can say, okay, now that you have – now we have a vocabulary that we can Mm -hmm. reference Mm So that I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying back – I'm reflecting back to you. This seems to feel right. This seems to feel good. How do you feel about this? Now, using that vocabulary, let's shape mm-hmm. what the script is asking.
0: Yeah. Buffalo is, is basically a story uh, taken in the turn of the century. Black soldiers during the Spanish-American War yep. in the Philippines mm-hmm. interacting with Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Jed, how was your experience with Buffalo and working with Norman?
1: My – it was awesome. I don't think I would have had that type of experience if Norman wasn't there because I was so green. That was right after Jose it, it was. That was my very first, my mm. second ever. Rizal may have been show. your
0: audition for uh. – It really was.
2: Jeannie <laughs> brought me there yeah. to see. We were looking because we knew we needed to cast this character who was called Bong originally. Yeah. Bong? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Cool. Uh, but um, we knew that we needed somebody who could pass for a young, possibly teen, but be an adult, mm-hmm. and we needed to find that's that.
0: That's right. That's the character. I was part of the, some of the run through, uh, some of, some the, uh, of the, the, the readings, workshops. Yeah. the workshops. And there's a character who pretends to be a younger brother of this sister, female mm-hmm. character, right. who winds up actually
1: being an adult. Right. And that was your character. That was yeah. my character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. Um, yeah. It was my second acting theater show ever and it was buffaloed and um yeah i was so green and i didn't know yeah i didn't know the vocabulary i remember i do remember being really excited when we were messing with my voice yes and where to place Mm -hmm. the younger Nalding versus where he actually talks and i remember thinking Mm -hmm. like how okay so i'm how old i was i I think i was like 24 (laughs) playing a
2: a young like uh, how old was i like for um, for the younger one, they wanted it to appear that he was like barely a teen. I mean, yeah, like, like maybe like sixteen, maybe
1: younger. Yeah, and I remember be thinking like that was my whole like that that was like my mental block was that okay I'm 24, which at the time I wasn't. I'm like okay, it's only a few years younger than I am. But now I have to be in this character. Then this character has to play mm-hmm. like as 11. How the hell do I do that? Right. Like to show to show the audience that that this is actually a 24-year-old playing a 13- or 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Just act like a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Your character is probably just as smart as you are. Mm-hmm. Right,
2: right. There you go. Just less yeah. experience, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. But it must have been a fantastic experience. I know we're hitting the one-hour mark, so yeah, we definitely. can uh, wrap it up. Yeah, um, I actually, go ahead. sorry, it's I
2: okay. actually
1: I know, cause I have my chiropractor appointment mm-hmm. at 1.30, Okay, mess you guys up? No, no, no. no. We're gonna close it up right now. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Uh, She wanna do shoutouts?
2: Birthdays. Uh, Regina Saisi is a uh, improviser in the Bay Area. Uh,
0: Emmanuel Romero, he is another uh, His He is birthdays today.
2: Rob Melrose, director of um, Cutting Ball, Cutting Ball Theater. His birthday's coming up. Uh, Nicole Foster, actor. Uh, our Jonathan fri- Spector who mm-hmm. show is up at uh, the Aurora right now mm-hmm. and is our good friend our good
0: friend Colin Hussey his birthday is on May the 16th oh, that's Wednesday cool.
2: um, oh okay. yeah I see I have got Colin
0: yeah good friend um, m- good friend of mine Gary Henderson we both graduated from Ellington another great actor his birthday is tomorrow
2: uh, Robert Gascipi is birthday is coming up at the end of the week Liz Lyle who works at Shotgun uh,
0: Right on, Mary and Alice and Brian F- Rivera Yeah, Holy cow, right, right on. Rivera. Ma- Ma- Mary, and Alice and Mary Alice Fry, Fry. Yep. on That's Friday as yeah. well as uh, an actor, Dashiell Hillman. Um, he his birthday is on Friday as well, and a couple of others. Okay, show Shake-
2: Scapegoat is opening May twenty third. It's part of a festival, so you got to look up because we run for two or three days, and then we don't run for two or three days. So <laughs> it's a festival thing. Uh, Elizabeth Carter's in the show at the Aurora. Uh, Rock on, Elizabeth, which is doing very well, and I'm I'm sure there are other ones. Oh, and um, and Ubuntu is about to open. uh, Top dog, underdog. Mm
0: okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh Arabian Shakespeare Festival, All the Shah's Men, May the third through yes. May the twentieth. Theater first, Wafrika at Live Oak Theater. Uh,
2: that was the other one I should have mentioned. Yesterday. Uh
0: Janae Simon, she is uh in that. Playground, well we talked about that. Yeah. Um Central Works, Palace Records, Kari Moy is in that. Oh, that's right. That opens uh today, ends uh June seventeenth, Central uh yeah, talked about that. And Golden Thread Fairy Tale players uh, are oh, Crystal Brown. Yes, uh, she is in that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jed?
2: anything you want to promote? Yes,
1: uh, White. It'll open uh, July 13. Written by James I. James and directed by M. Graham Smith. Yours truly will be in it, uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Cast Fantastic. Of <laughs> Did you have fun, Jed? Yes, I did. Thank you so much. Okay, yeah. let
0: me get you out of here. Okay, uh, the you can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store, use the search hen, search engine on the upper right hand side and search for the Yay. You'll find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just go on soundcloud.com and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself. Let us know. Hit us up on Facebook. We will take it from there. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you so much. Happy Mother's, Happy Mother's Day. Day. <laughs> and, and we got to find a better, better sign-off. We are out.